but you know she ain't marriage material because she's too good at the sucks and it's like that makes that's why sense. men are dumb you know? yeah bro she's too <laughs> good at the sex so you don't want to be waking up next to that every day you don't i'm sorry you don't in what part of your life do you <laughs> not want a professional First of all, I think it's an art form of anybody that can actually explain, like, articulate well a slang term. I think it's great. <laughs> I feel like making up some slang. I'm like, let's just let's just start saying words. Fiance, that's forever going to be a word. <laughs> <laughs> I love to see all these people fiance. <laughs> <laughs> My parents, you know, I'm constantly reminding them, and they say themselves, you know, without prompting that. Um, <laughs> I was a blessing to them in their old age, you know? So. If you don't pull out, you don't pull out. It is what it is. <laughs> you know? So. That part. <laughs> Hello, cousin. Welcome to Cuzzo Combos. I'm Cuzzo Mandy. This is Cuzzo Nate. And we're going to jump right back into the conversation we were already having pre-recording. <laughs> <laughs> because I was like, if we're going to do all this talking, we might as well do it on the record. <laughs> true, true, true. So we were talking about our fitness journeys. Um, we kind of started around the same time. I guess we both felt like we needed to make a change in our bodies or something. A little bit. Um, I'm trying to not necessarily slim. No, I'm trying to slim down. (laughs) 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 I want to, you know, at least look good with like a whole bunch of pictures and everybody taking pictures. You know, I want to be, I'm going to be like, you know, for your wedding, you're kind of immortalized for a little bit. So I would like to be immortalized looking at least halfway decent. I don't care about a six pack. I never cared about a six pack. Yeah, yeah. But you want to look like you know the best version of yourself. I want, you know, I want to look. I just want to not have like a little hangover belly, you know. Mm. I just want to be like a little straight board in the front. Yeah, but so that's never gonna go away. (laughs) You do have a donk, which is um, (laughs) upsetting for me as someone who who didn't. I'm like, why my cousins got more? My male cousins got more booty than me. That's yeah, I don't know. My sister also said it. Like, I don't get it. All of us do. All the dudes do. Yeah. I don't get it. It's weird. We jelly on that one. Yeah, I think we've actually blamed our father, so. Mm. 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 Well, I um, started my journey, I guess, because I wanted to have overall better health. To, uh, and strength I, I am very weak mm-hmm. especially in the arms um, for like having kids mm-hmm. to be able to like have energy to ch- play with them and chase them True. and pick them up and put them down and yeah. you know all that good stuff so and I was just like seeing like rapidly well not rapidly it's actually been a very slow process but seeing like the way that my body and energy levels have been changing. And I went to the doctor and I was like, yo, mm-hmm. this is, I think this is the marker when I'm like, I guess I'll do something about it now. <laughs> Cause it's like, you, you can tell that like changes are happening, but you're like, eh, it's fine. And now I'm like, 
okay, I've literally like said that this is the year I want to start getting myself together for like having kids, fostering mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do with them? Sit down. <laughs> I mean, honestly, these days you can give them an iPad and call it a day. <laughs> I mean, I really could, but I'd, I'd like. I'd like to see my kids be physical and I'm like, I can't ask them to do something that um, I can't do. And also I, part of, I didn't get to be like as physical as I wanted as a kid. Mm. Um, so I'm like, to me, it would have been nice if my parents was like, all right, let's go out to the playground or let's go ride bikes. Or even one of the things I was saying to my friend um, that I had been thinking that I wanted to do and then she said she wanted to do it is I want to go roller skating. I never mm. really got good at roller skating. Really? Yeah. And I'm like, it's fun, especially when you're a kid going into teenage years. You can go mm. to the roller skate rink with your little friends it's and your boo. Yeah. I'm like, I got to start them off, aka teach myself <laughs> while they learn as well, so that by the time they get to their teen years, like, yeah, you can go. You go. should go with Danielle because she, um, yeah, yeah. She skates and stuff. She does. Next time you come down, we should go. That sounds like a plan. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of like having kids and the things that I wanted to do as a kid, mm-hmm. this descendant discourse today is a, I call it when I grow up, but really it's like, it's about growth. Mm-hmm. and change mm-hmm. and the ideas that you had for yourself as a kid and then like did you fulfill those things yeah. or if you didn't fulfill those things what type of person did you turn out to be and like you know how do you feel like your younger self would feel about that um well I know for a fact my younger self would look at my money situation to be like, bruh, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is it. Um, but when I was younger, one, two things that, you know, that definitely that I've changed since I was younger. One, um, I, d- I was super shy. Didn't like talking to people. Um, d- like I would, like we would go to Publix or anything, Home Depot, and I didn't want to ask anybody where anything was. So we'll go to Publix and I'll probably spend like 30 minutes looking for flour because I didn't want to ask anybody where the flour was. I was just terrified. I don't know. I don't know if it was a phobia. I don't know what it was. Um, and then eventually I just kind of, I don't, I kind of grew out of it. Um, I also didn't like talking to girls. And then I went to a trip to Trinidad and then all the girls were talking to me because I had a nice American accent. Um, <laughs> And then that was it. I was no longer scared of talking to girls. Um, Because then you learn just flat whatever you got. Like, if all you got is an American accent, make it work. Exactly. Exactly. That was was a straight, that was definitely an eye-opening experience for me, for sure. Um, But my mom definitely helped me, like, talk to strangers. My mom and dad, like, always, like, every chance they got, they're like, all right, go do this. Go do that. They definitely push me continuously push me to to go talk to strangers 
um, go find out what's happening, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they didn't really make me start conversations with them, but like, I guess get over my phobia. And I don't think about it, I probably was a phobia. Um, just talking to people because I hated it. I, 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 I would clam up, but I guess my dad real. I guess he's like, you know, they're not going to kill you or bite you or anything. You're fine. You can talk to them. <laughs> You're good. Um, but eventually, you know, I grew out of that. The second thing was, I think, when I, I mean, I still do. I love science and stuff. I really thought I was going to be a scientist. My mom thought I was going to be a scientist because I love space and uh, animals and anything science. I was about it. And then I went to middle school um, in high school, and I realized that you had to write a lot of papers. Mm, yeah, it's like <laughs> a lot of research-based stuff, yeah. Research I love. It's great. I don't want to write about it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was where I was done. I didn't want to write all these papers, all these research papers. Um, didn't care for it. Didn't want to do it. I was not about it. Deuces, y'all. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that was definitely one thing that's probably that I kind of grew out of. But I'm definitely happy that... Um, but looking back, like, I don't really have any regrets because, like, the phobia that I had um, of talking to people, I mean, that's pretty much what I do now, talk to people. Mm-hmm. So, um, random people, any customers that I've been in the customer service for, what, 10 years? Oh, it's probably, it's like 10 years. So, it's been, uh, to me, it's kind of ironic that the one job I would probably never do is the job I'm doing. So. Totally different from like what your your child mind expected of you. Hundred percent, yeah. I feel like I similarly went in a um, somewhat opposite direction. I feel like as a child, especially a young young child, I was very eccentric, energetic, and confident. Mm. Um, I always said I wanted to be a superstar, like when I was mm. really young. I don't know what that meant (laughs) because I don't, but I don't think, I think I would say superstar because I didn't want to be limited. I didn't just want to be on TV. I want to just sing and dance and I want to do all the things. Okay. And, um, I, I think I thought as a kid, like I could, like I could, I could be a superstar. I'm just Mm -hmm. as interesting as any of these other people that I see. And, Mm -hmm. and when I would go to like, you know, a dance class or a singing thing. I'm like, I took it really seriously. And then at some point, right before middle school, I think that's when, you know, you start going through certain changes. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't lose confidence per se, but I just started to see myself in a more realistic way. Mm. And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) (laughs) maybe you wouldn't be like the first pick for any of these things. Like you're a good dancer, but you're not the best dancer. You're a good singer, but you're not the best singer. Uh, (laughs) You're like, you could be an actress, but you maybe not, you know, good at memorizing the lines. Like, Oh, you, you're a cute kid, but right now you got glasses and that looks, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I started to, before it was like, you can't tell me nothing. And now it's like, I could probably use, some areas of <laughs> of critique or help. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so around that time, I 
got really into reading and writing anyway. Um, and I decided, oh, I like this. Mm. And I like the storytelling of it. I want to be a writer. And so from that, from middle school, I just knew I was going to be a writer for like, like that was it. I was like, mm-hmm. if I'm not going to be the superstar, superstar, I'm going to write the stories that the superstars tell. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the area where it felt like it should have been a lot more realistic for me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I'm not doing that is the thing that I'm like, my younger self would be disappointed because in theory, like there's nothing that's really stopping me now mm-hmm. from being a writer except for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something I still want to do. Um, still working towards in some ways. I still feel like I'm uh, thinking of different areas of storytelling, um, like this podcast. Like I want to do voiceover work, but mm-hmm the creating it part, the writing is an area that I lost a lot of confidence in, um, around college. And that's the thing that I'm still like, you can do it still. And I'm like, we'll see. (laughs) That was going to be my question. If you ever thought that you would, if you ever thought that you would pick up that, that passion again, I guess. So, so when I first got out of college, um, I did find it again because what I had to rediscover is I had to rediscover reading that Mm -hmm. wasn't for school and writing that wasn't for school. Mm -hmm. It was like everything that I read in college was a book I had to read for class. And then I was just writing a bunch of papers, which was not interesting. It was work. It was tedious and specifically like me coming out of college Uh, was because I had a lot of anxiety and would have like panic attacks around things, assignments that I had to complete. And a lot of them were centered around like my um, journalism classes, which is Mm -hmm. me doing all this writing. So I had to work around my anxiety to be able to say, this is a no pressure situation. Like read because you feel like reading, write something Mm -hmm. down because it's just in your mind. But like, no one's going to be grading it. It's not going to affect your day-to-day. Like, just do it because you want to. And um, I did that, and I started writing this story. And I was like, this is kind of good. Um, but at that time, I had a lot of time. Because mm. I didn't, wasn't working full-time or anything like that. And once, you know, you get into a 9-to-5 situation, have to start paying bills, really, you're like, oh, I don't have time for this other thing. And so I did refine the passion a little bit and I continue to have the passion for reading, but I just didn't have the time for writing. And that's what I'm trying to get back to, to like, you know, write when you don't feel like it, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Even when you feel like you have nothing to say, just like all that stuff. That's true. And that's part of, like even with this, you know, you you gotta um, keep going even when you don't feel like it, even if it's like, I don't know, you want to go to sleep right now. It's just, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you're speaking about both of us. Both of us have that feeling. <laughs> you know, but like it's, it is something that you got in. It is something that you enjoy and you think that you could be good at. You just got to keep, it's like working out. You got to keep, um, 
working those muscles and you're never going to be buff or be good at it anything if you don't continuously work at it so that's the it's probably the hardest part that like people in general deal with is consistency of working working out whatever skill um muscle that they have so yeah like as a kid i never had an issue with like completion it was like oh I was I wasn't even like a procrastinator person. Like I like to get things moving and mm-hmm. see the progress of it and stuff. And then I'd be like, okay, here's my finished result. I mm-hmm. felt really good about that. So to see a change of me now, I feel like I still have that. I have that like in my work situation, mm-hmm. but it just feels very different with writing because it is um, something that's a reflection of me. So like at my job. I'm a cog in the whole machine, right? Like if I mess up, sure, that can mess up the machine, but no one is going to look specifically at that cog. They're just going to say like, oh, the machine, what, mm-hmm. is the machine still working? Does, is the machine making progress? Uh, do we have product? Blah, 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 blah. So it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like I bring value to the machine, but you know, if I stop functioning, they're just going to get another cog. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really like my contributions matter, but also it doesn't really matter. So mm-hmm. that it's weird to say it makes it easier for me to just be like, oh, I'm just going to do my job because it does, you know, it matters and it doesn't matter. And it's mm-hmm. like when I'm not on the clock, I can just go home. And mm-hmm. well, technically, I'm right at home because I work. From home. <laughs> but I can just, you know, do whatever else I want to do. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. But when you're when you create something even like with this podcast, it's like we record one day and then you have to find time to edit and then mm-hmm. we have to post. And it's not just posting it. It's like, okay, what's the name of it? What's the description? What mm-hmm. questions are we going to put in the poll? Mm-hmm. What are we going to put on the social media? Like there's all these different pieces and all of it comes from us. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's not something you could just throw together and, you know, like even when we just started this, it's like, you know, we just, I mean, it's not like we just started, we just throw it together because we both had podcasts. But like the further you try to like make it better, the more work you got to put in. Yeah. So. And that's where it's like little, like young me, young Mandy would be like, I can do all the things. Like I've always done all the things. Like all I have to do is start doing it and it's going to be great. And then the, as you get older and become an adult, you're like, no, you can fail. <laughs> things mm-hmm. can go badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and in theory, it's like nothing has gone badly with this podcast. Nothing went badly with that story I was writing. I was, you know, both things have actually been going pretty well mm-hmm. when I was putting effort and contributing to it. Mm-hmm. But the idea of failure, like that is one of those things that as a kid, you just do not have. And then you get older and you're like, that's almost the first thing you think about. Yeah, exactly. I, um, during quarantine, I had, uh, I, I, I've written a couple of things. Like we did like a little play. I read like a little skit for like commercials during the play for church um, my mom said it was funny, but it's my mom. So, you know, mom was supposed <laughs> to say that. So, but people laughed. I thought, I mean, people thought it was good and stuff. So anyway, during quarantine, I thought about that. So I'm like, I'm going to write something. 
um, I started with this idea of quarantine, like a quarantine, a teenager in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, my friend Danny read it, and she's like, mm, "Doesn't really make sense." Blah blah blah. That's the other thing too. You have to do as an adult, you know, like other people's um, critiques, opin- critiques, opinions, and like you have to realize that if you really want it, then, you know, those are really going to match you. If you don't really want it, sorry, it's the other way around. If you do really want it, those critiques shouldn't matter to you that much. But if you don't really want it as bad, then those critiques might matter to you. And I stopped writing it, unfortunately. (laughs) Um, But also, you know, with that, like, it was hard. Like, writing, you know, prop offs to you for sure, because writing is not easy. Especially when you're dealing with like different characters, and I thought I was like, all right, just to start with this character, this little kid. So I had to think about when I was a teenager, you know, going through whatever, and then you had to kind of deal with it in the quarantine period. It was difficult, and like doing flashbacks, and you had to literally build. And, and it's weird because I don't it's, even know. How- it's world building, which is yeah. literally the first thing that I learned in that the master class I was doing with N.K. Jemison. And I, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but oh. I just want to add this point. So she does science fiction, which mm-hmm. in that case, sometimes it's like you do have to build a world because it's like it's a fantasy element mm-hmm. to it or just like a super like, you know, something literally if it's science fiction and it's like aliens, it's not of this world. So what does that world look like? What does mm-hmm. what um does it have a similar atmosphere, energy, just all these different things. But even if you're building something in a world that is supposed to be earth, you still have to create the imagery of what that place looks like. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that, you know, a lot of, I I don't know her, I guess. I don't know her at all, but I think maybe that's part of the reason why a lot of females aren't into sci-fi because they're like, Oh, aliens are so stupid. Oh my God. It doesn't make sense. But with sci-fi, it's, I think you you take I think I think it's some of the best writing in general, just because. All right, so like we'll say, I don't know. Lost, I guess, right? The the show Lost. It was a pretty good show, but like in the building blocks of it, you know that there's a plane. Planes go. People get on the plane. They go somewhere. Planes crash. You already got that in your head, mm-hmm. right? Islands. They know islands. We've seen survivors. So the building blocks of it, and it's on planet Earth, blah, blah, blah. So the basic building blocks are already there. You don't have to establish it. But for sci-fi, you have to establish a lot of stuff. Yeah, you literally have to establish, hey, this is a ship. How fast can it go? You know, the minute details um, Mm -hmm. is, you know, kind of take it for granted. And there's a sci-fi show, The Expanse, I ended up listening to the books for it. It was amazing. Um, and it's also a TV show. Also amazing. Check it out, guys. Um, but it was it, it was kind of like in that middle road of realistic and sci-fi because they took the foundations of like physics and the realness of the world in space and then made a storyline out of it. I mean, some mm-hmm. of the stuff was definitely outlandish and stuff, but they did a really good job of building a world. And I thought that that was my hardest part when I was starting trying to like write, flex my writing chops of, you know, you had to build a world and not only build the world, you have to make it make sense. And like, you can't have something just come out of nowhere. Um, because then this audience won't get it, you know? Yeah. So, 
So you can't just be like, it's it's this way because it is. It's like, you got to explain it. Yeah. You got to make it believable in a form where it's like someone wouldn't typically imagine that on their own. So you have to make it mm-hmm. in a form they can imagine. Manga and anime do it a lot, which is part of the reason why I like manga and anime is where they'll hint to something and you won't even know what it is. You won't even really notice it until like the big reveal later. And then you're like, oh my gosh, this thing has been happening this whole time. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and I think that's probably why I like anime, manga, sci-fi is because this is storytelling is really, re- for it to be really, really good, you know, is very hard work because there's so much bad stuff out there. <laughs> there is, so- and I think that's the other reason why I appreciate sci-fi because I would say only about like 30% of sci-fi is actually good. Movies, TV shows, whatever. So when something's good, it's usually really, really good because a lot of the stuff is bad. <laughs> so. So going back to like, areas that you've grown and and changed from being a little kid what are some of the positive things that you feel like you li- that have are different from when you were a little kid but maybe as a little as a kid you couldn't even couldn't even imagine that you'd be doing x y and z today um i think i mentioned it before too um managing people mm-hmm. um i would have never thought i'd be managing people ever procrastination um i used to procrastinate a lot i mean i still procrastinate but man in school i used to procrastinate hella so much like every year during the sixth seventh and eighth grade my dad used to help me with my science fair projects and i'd always be up until like four five six sometimes there was one time we were up till 7 a.m no, I think it was just 6 a.m. doing the science fair project, trying to get it set up because it was like 80% of my grade or some stupidness like that. And my dad helped. In my eighth grade, my dad didn't help me because he's like, dude, come on. <laughs> yeah, it's like you got to make yeah. a change. Yeah, I think after that, I definitely learned a little. Well, I learned a little bit. But um, yeah, it was that's procrastination. I don't procrastinate nearly as much. According to my future wife, I procrastinate a lot, but like. Geez. But you've made growth in that area. Well, like our wedding's practically done planning, and we still got, what, 11 months left? Mm-hmm. And you <laughs> contributed heavily to that, or she pushed you to contribute heavily to that? No, like I think, like, we, like she, in the beginning, like I didn't really, I don't have like a lot of preferences, I guess. Of like, oh my god, this needs to happen. But like, I like to be in the conversation. So like, if she made a decision, she'd be like, "Hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of that?" Blah blah. blah. So I'm in the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, say for instance, something that's completely me, my bachelor party, isn't planned. Hers done. Her, <laughs> hers is completely planned, booked, done. Mine is not done. And I'm like, why do I have to? It's ten months away. Why do I have to plan everything? But you know. In this day and age, like, you never know. So, I guess planning everything could help. Yeah. It, it's, it helps for, like, a few things of just, like, knowing what you'd at least be interested in. But that's the research part that you were mm-hmm. talking about. It's not scientific research, but just yeah. getting ideas of, like, oh, this would be interesting. This would be fun. Um, I saw someone today um, who's 
was asked to be a maid of honor mm-hmm. and the bride and groom had basically given like a tentative um estimate of like how much everything would cost in terms of like the wedding like you know mm-hmm. be prepared that it may be this much and she was like you know she appreciates that she has a year to prepare because she want you know this is someone she cares about a very good friend mm-hmm. she wants to be the maid of honor her wedding but you don't want to be like oh be my maid of honor and then as things go along you're like oh you, you need to shell out money for this you need to shell out money for this you need to shell out money for mm-hmm. this like you know give people a realistic timeline to be able to find money to do all the things so I think especially like you know a wedding's gonna be a lot anyways but even for the fun parts like a bachelor party you want people to, to get their money together so they can be like yeah we're gonna go and celebrate you mm-hmm. exactly and that's what I gotta do that's gonna be a super fun conversation I mean if you need help I don't know if I'm invited but if you need help <laughs> to the bachelor party yeah mm. I, mean, I feel like since you're you have multiple uh, grooms people who are ladies. <laughs> yeah, that's true, actually. Even if I'm not a grooms person, I, I could get an invite. <laughs> that's actually true. I mean, my sister would enjoy it, I guess. Yeah, it's actually not a bad idea. All right, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to pressure you, but you know, mm-hmm. we'll mm-hmm. see. There's already a lot of people going now. Then you got a very large groom party, a bridal party. So yeah, I do. But yeah, what about you? What What's one thing that you've grown in, and that kind of your younger self would be sort of kind of shocked? I think I used to want to be in like groups and crowds and feed off of other people's energies a lot. Mm-hmm. I was, um, because I was always by myself and mm-hmm. now I'm like very selective about like spending spending time with people mm-hmm. um I always say like oh I can just be by myself and I and I can but I don't think that that's like really the the best way to put it anymore because I do mm-hmm. like spending time with people um I just don't want to be outside for outside sake, or I just Mm -hmm. don't want to be like connected with someone just to be like, Oh, I'm not alone. I very much want to spend my energy and time with people that I feel like I'm going to enjoy myself with and that will appreciate it and won't, and it will be a reciprocal experience. It won't just be me giving all of myself and not receiving anything back and vice versa. Um, And I feel like that is an area of growth that I definitely couldn't even think of as like a kid. I'm just like, oh, you just, you know, want to go outside and be and have fun and be with your friends or be with your boyfriend or be with your kids. And like, even now, like when I was a kid, I wanted to have so many kids. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't know how many I'm going to have, but I know it's not going to be a lot. And then, <laughs> <laughs> um. And when Eric, I did always feel like um, I 
I wanted my parents to adopt as a kid mm-hmm. um, or foster, and they were like, no. And so the fact that I'm doing that now, I, that's an area that I feel like was important to me as a kid, and I didn't really understand why. And mm-hmm. it's still transferred over into my adult life, um, mm-hmm. and I appreciate it, even though I know why, but it's still like one of those things. Just having kids in general, I feel like, is one of those things where it's like, you have to be a crazy person to do it, but at the same time, it's not, you know, it's a good thing. It's a beautiful thing, but also it's like, you know, it ain't for the weak. <laughs> As, um, dang, what's that comedian's name? If y'all know, y'all know. I think his name is David. David something or another. He's always like, get you one of these things they call yeah. a family. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. ain't for the weak. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's, David Arnold, that's his name. He, um, I spent, I mean, you know Caden, so when you mm-hmm. get off, it's like... High yeah. energy. Yeah, it's just, yeah, <laughs> I thought I wanted four. I can't do four of that. Four of that? Mm-mm. I am too old. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know that starting young would have helped. I don't know, <laughs> I can't. That's too much, man. That's I I I don't have the mental capacity. Um, my CPU is running a little, you know, a little bit too old. Can't mm-hmm. upgrade. I can't. No. Mm-mm. Computer talk. Click clack. Click clack. O's and ones. <laughs> uh-uh, it's just I can't. I uh, I thought I wanted four, and then I'm like, mm, I'm cool with two. I'm cool with like yeah. a solid two. I'm thinking too as well if I'm lucky that's true that's very true but kids are a blessing anyway so whatever yeah if I don't I do always feel that way like not that I'm gonna um end up in a surprise pregnancy but I was like you know if I did I'd be like you know a baby is a blessing but also I'm glad that I won't end up in a surprise pregnancy true (laughs) Thank God. I mean, I was a surprise pregnancy, so you know. Hey Amen. God. My my parents, you know, I'm constantly reminding them, and they say themselves, you know, without prompting that um, <laughs> I was a blessing to them in their old age. You know, so if you don't pull out, you don't pull out. It is what it is. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that part. <laughs> <laughs> It is what it is, you know. It just wasn't, you know. God didn't mean it to be. To be. Mm-hmm. Any last points you want to add about uh, growth that you've seen in yourself and things you would tell your former self? Mm, besides my waistline, no. <laughs> that part. <laughs> we getting back. It's okay. We getting back on that fitness journey, y'all. Y'all. Ooh, wait till you see us. We gonna be all kinds of fit. We're gonna be snatched. Mm, snatch. Ooh, yes, snatch. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically like. I want to do it in the in the verb form, but it's like you know you snatch somebody's waist. You can't. You can see what um, I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. Get it. Get it. Nice gotcha, and tight. Got gotcha, you. Got gotcha. you. It's a weird like. Exp- 
like formally explaining slang you know mm-hmm. it's very first of all i think it's an art form of anybody that can actually explain like articulate well a slang term i think it's great <laughs> i feel like making up some slang i'm like let's just let's just start saying words fiance that's forever gonna be a word <laughs> i love to see all the people fiance. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's dope it's dope it's dope what's the next topic where are we going i think we're going to a moment in media you gave me a little glimpse of what you'd been watching but i forgot so tell me again (laughs) well um maybe want to talk about it last time but like this time i feel like everybody's had ample time to watch euphoria so Mm. you know what you thought of the that season finale so you know they broke it into two parts and i thought there would be more uh, epicness coming out of the play. But the play kind of ended in a very calm note, but that's fine that we got all the drama from the play in the first half because they gave us real life drama in the actual finale Mm -hmm. with Nate basically putting his daddy in jail, which I'm not clear. Basically, but he did. Because because it's unclear to me what he's being charged for. Like, is it child pornography? Or just, like, soliciting a prostitute? It's a good question, actually. Question. I think it's gotta be child pornography. But then that means... because all of it, it wasn't. Right. The only person that he knows was a child is jewels and to me that was that's just jacked up to even get her involved in the situation so i'm like what is it that you gave the police well he he's not in the situation because he already like gave her the only copy and i'm assuming didn't put it on the usb i don't think she's in it supposedly so i'm like what is it that the father is being charged for that's a very good question actually maybe there was other underage people but true. how would you know? Because the only reason, like, and and the father was apolo- like apologetic for it. He was just very reckless. He, I don't think he was trying to have sex with underage people. He was just trying to have sex with, for lack of a word, people with penises. Um, yeah. Um, and he wasn't, and because he was kind of living his life in the shadows he didn't do due diligence to be like can i see an id mm-hmm. how old are you blah 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 like he's just going on you know some dating sites being a little sketchy and then getting his kinks in um but yeah once he realized that jules was in high school he was very much mortified yes that's a good point i never really thought about it I just thought, like, and I think probably the audience, too, is like, yeah, he's a bad guy. He should go to jail. That makes sense. Yeah, but to me, I'm like, Nate has, Nate physically abused his girlfriend. Like, that, when when Maddie said he didn't, I was very upset, because I'm like, girl, everybody's seen him. Mm -hmm. He basically did it at school. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Especially... Let me say it like this, like especially for his dad, right? If you like did an investigation on him, it would make sense on like why he would get arrested. 
I guess. Mm-hmm. But just like, hey, my dad did this, this. I don't know. And here's the evidence, I guess, on a USB stick. I don't know if that's something to call the cops over and they'll actually come and actually arrest him. Yeah. So that's I'm a just very good point. I'm curious as to what the charges will be for mm-hmm. whenever season three comes around. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, we had Fez, Ashtray, and that mm-hmm. whole situation. And I don't know what I would have wanted to be the correct form, because in theory... They don't have evidence that Fez killed that uh, killed Mouse, mm-hmm. and they can probably clearly tell at this point like he was gonna take the rap for killing the other guy that Ashtray killed, but then Ashtray came out guns blazing, so he might as well be like, "Yeah, the kid did it mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's true and because he's dead." Mm-hmm. I'm like, so what can they charge Fez for? Because Fez doesn't keep drugs in the house anymore except his grandmother's, you know, prescriptions. So having a bunch of guns, mm-hmm. that might be the only thing they can get him for. Yeah, and what if, forever. what if, but what if all those guns are registered? I still think it, like he could probably do child endangerment. Because but no- Ashtray doesn't belong to anybody. But he's living in the house. Right, but they don't have him in the system. Like that, they, they're gonna say child endangerment. There's no record of him, so he they could be like that's that's not even a child. <laughs> like you don't know anything about this person to to say it's child endangerment to confirm it's a child. Because everyone's seen him, you know, going around town. He he inside of the gas station. No one was like, hey, this kid should be in school. It's a good point. Listen, man, I don't know. That's a you, you bring up some valid points, so I don't have answers for. My moment in media are all the Oscar Beatty movies that I've been trying to binge. So I used to be someone that was very into award season. Yeah. And I haven't really been doing that through the mm. pandemic. But and so I probably won't watch the Oscars this year, but I did kind of want to start to see what they had nominated, see what was mm-hmm. going on and stuff. So of films that I know are nominated, um, or at least actors, people, you know, things that are getting some kind of recognition. I watched King Richard. Mm-hmm. I watched Don't Look Up. Um, I watched Nightmare Alley. I watched West Side Story. I watched Tick, Tick, Boom. And I'm about to start The Lost Daughter. I have a few other things that The Lost Daughter. Um, It stars Olivia Coleman. I'm not exactly sure what it's about, but she's nominated for Best Actress in it. And I think it's about a woman that gave up her daughter at some point. Mm -hmm. I'm not exactly sure. All right. Oh, I watched Dune. I want to see Licorice Pizza, but I have to figure out where I can watch it from. Oh, The Power of the Dog. That's what's on Netflix that mm-hmm. I've put in my queue to watch, but we'll see where, how it goes. Out of all of those, I mean, out of the ones that you've watched, um, 
Which one do you think? I'm assuming you're just watching the best picture ones, right? Yeah, I've I've seen four of the best picture films. No, five of the best picture films so far out of, out the, of ten. So out of the five, um, which one is your front runner? Front runner. They're all very different. So I wouldn't be surprised if the winner was none of the ones I've watched so far. West Side Story is beautifully shot. Um, It's Steven Spielberg, so you can't be surprised. Um, But I feel like the nostalgia aspect of it isn't going to win Best Picture, even though I like what they did. Because like the original West Side Story still very much feels like it's on a sound, like it's a stage play type thing. Like Mm -hmm. it feels like, you know, sound stages to me are still kind of built within the realm of the way a play is where it's like, okay, we're going to move this thing in for this scene and this thing in for this scene. Um, As opposed to this feels like it was built in a world that like really moves. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, actually put them in New York, I feel like, and made them created this space where it didn't just feel like they're, they're only within two blocks or they're only in this room and then this room and then the street. Mm. So I liked that part of it. I also liked like this imagery thing that they did for separating them. Um, even the women where all of the Puerto Ricans were in like warm colors, oranges and reds and yellows and stuff like that. And then the jets, Puerto Ricans, the sharks, but yeah, no, the Puerto Ricans cause the women too. And then the white people and the jets were in like cool colors. So they were in like blues and greens and stuff like that. Um, so I like that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the singing was good, but the choreography felt very choreography ish. Like it didn't feel like, okay, now that they're fighting, I don't know. I wanted it to be grittier mm-hmm. because we already have, um, we know it's a musical and we know that there's going to be a lot of, you know, dance choreography, but I want it to be like, this is the 2021 version 2022 version like make it a little grittier and it didn't get grittier mm. so that's the thing I, I would say about what's that story nightmare alley was all grit it was shot you know with very dark colors mm-hmm. very dark themes i didn't like that one as much um it stars bradley cooper and rumi mara and um what is that lady's name She's in everything. She's in Don't Look Up. Um, Kate Blanchett, that's her name. There's some other people. But it's, it's just about this guy who's basically like lived a dark life and kind of is a con artist. And he doesn't want to be... He, he had a dark life of like maybe some bad things happened in his childhood and with his father. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it wasn't like he decided to grow up and be a good person. He just wants to grow up and kind of be powerful in his own mind. So he's, you know, manipulating people and trying to get money and success out of it. And it's like, I don't know. It's it's a interesting thing to watch, but I don't feel like it's a good story, if that makes sense. Okay. 
Like, I'm watching it and I'm like, I don't really care what happens, but I can probably guess how it's going to... Like, I, I can probably guess that someone is going to die. I'll just put it that way. Like, someone's probably going to die at the end, but, you know, how they end up dying, mm-hmm. I don't really care. Don't Look Up is completely original and just makes fun of or points out brings satire, brings perspective to the fact that we are in so entranced in like the digital age of everything mm. that it doesn't matter if the world is ending. We're just going to be focused on like our likes and, and stuff like that. I liked it. Like it was a, I don't know. I forgot what you would probably call it. But like a metaphor. A dark comedy. A dark comedy, a metaphoric dark comedy. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. It was definitely one of the more interesting of the ones I watched. It was very different. Dune is an epic that isn't very epic. It was very slow. And brown. <laughs> the verse the <laughs> All right, this is going to sound really bad, but the first thing that came to mind is like lesbian sex. So, suppose, so what my, you know. Were there any lesbians having sex in it? No. Um, <laughs> That's what I was like, did I miss something? Because it was long. Maybe I blunt. But what my friend Danny like describes lesbian sex as is like a lot of teasing. Um, a lot of foreplay, so it lasts a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Except that, like, there really wasn't like a climax. I mean, there was. There, was there like, wasn't. <laughs> there was not a climax in Doom, but it it, it it didn't even feel like foreplay. Like to me, again, as a woman, you appreciate all of the foreplay. You appreciate all of the buildup. Yeah, there was. This didn't have buildup. It did. So I wouldn't even. Because we were wondering when our Lord and Savior Zendaya was going to show up, and then she did <laughs> in like the, the five minutes, and the movie's over. But not even Zendaya. It was just like you learn in the very beginning that okay, spice is important. Mm-hmm. These the people who live on the spice world are treated basically as slaves, and then these other two people want to be in power with each other. So even though there's supposed to be a tra- a peaceful transfer of power, you can tell as soon as the movie starts, it ain't gonna be peaceful. Mm-hmm. But even the non peaceful situation was boring. It was it didn't feel like oh this is an epic fight. It just felt like. I guess they lost. I no. guess we're trying to root for Timothy Chalamet. Chalamet, right. what's his name? Timothy Sham. <laughs> Timothy Shimsham. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah. So yeah, Dune was just was slow and. But the, the, this a perfect example of like the whole sci-fi board building thing, um, which is why I'm probably excited for the second one. Because this one literally took a whole movie to world build. That's all they did. Yes. It it was building the world the whole time. And exactly. the people, whatever they had going on, was not interesting. No, it was not. I would say Don't Look Up has the most interesting premise. Mm-hmm. And also, like, 
not the best acting, but the funniest, the most interesting use of their actors, if that makes sense. Mm, So it wasn't that they were doing anything that was like super stretching their abilities or was like, oh my gosh, I never would expect that they would do this or beyond belief or that they had to extend themselves as a character in any way. But it was just very much like fun to see what they were fun to see them Mm -hmm. in the, in these as those people in this role, in this world. Um, The last one that I watched was King Richard, which I do think was kind of simple because we kind of know the story of Venus and Serena, but it was definitely like Will Smith was acting in that. I think that's probably, um, like, the closest one to, like, best, quote-unquote, best pitchery. Of like, all right, you, like, a lot of these winners of the best pitchers, like, they tell a story, they tell a really compelling story with good acting and a shot pretty good, and they usually win. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't watched it, but I just assume Belfast is going to win. <laughs> oh, what's, I don't know what Belfast is. Belfast, if I'm remembering correctly, is like some sort of historical drama, which has Oscar Best Picture all over it. It's like something that really happened, and then we're telling the story of it. Wow, that lineup is crazy. The actor lineup is pretty good. Yeah, so doesn't it sound like... I'm like, I don't know what's in it, but it's definitely going to win. Yeah, Belfast is a place in Ireland, and it's telling the story of some Irish people with oh, you know Sean all the folks that they White. already live. Yeah, right. I'm like, I don't know what's in it, but it's probably gonna yeah, win. They won. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably won. Their lineup is pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, they're probably gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I don't even know what this movie is, but. Black and white, Judy Dench. Yeah, that's it. That's all you need. <laughs> so, shout out to Belfast. Mm-hmm. Any other things you want to get into before we wrap up? I'm I'm trying to check to see what the other thing was you wanted to talk about. Oh, oh, I didn't look at the video, but what? Tell me about the sex classes. <laughs> that you saw on Instagram. So the other thing that I wanted to get into was ask you like a question. Cause I saw this video um, and it was, I mean, this girl was in Atlanta and everything. Of course. About um, So I have to explain my city. <laughs> and it was literally a class of how to ride. Mm, sound like Atlanta. Yeah. Um, she's just teaching a class of like how to ride, and um, and I was very like taken aback. I'm like, it's very interesting. And her class was packed, and I'm like, wow, all y'all, like all y'all think this is like y'all y'all think y'all don't know how to ride. It's very very interesting. I don't know that it's you don't know how to because I think we are you know engaging in the sex. You're like, all right, well we're gonna you know get it done one way or the other Mm -hmm. but if you know that that there are areas that you're just not picking up on your own i would see the value of the writing class Mm -hmm. because i'll say this um 
you know, with me not being someone who actively worked out, I do not have the best muscle uh, activity in my legs and my glutes and all of that stuff. Like, even when people are twerking and I see that they are moving butt muscles, I'm like, what muscle is that and how do you move it? Mm-hmm. Like, it's to me, it's the same as people who wiggle, wiggle their ears. How? How you do that? Right. <laughs> How do you feel that area to just start doing it? And so if you're like not aware of that particular muscle or thing or and the right way to do it, then you're like, all right, well, let me go to someone who does know. And there's a girl who's like, I have this skill. I want money. I will teach people this skill for money. To be fair, nobody, she, like, you never, she could actually be trash. Like, you'll never know. She could probably not even be that great. But I feel like in the days of this social media world, she would have posted enough to be like, people would see her and say, oh, she knows what she's talking about. I'm going to go to her class. Yeah, those are girls. I'm talking about, like, the people that she's writing. Like, you know, let's just, you know, it could be possible that, like, the, the dudes that she's hooking up with um, are like, ah, she's all right. She's cool. She ain't bad, but she ain't, you know, <laughs> you know? so it, it's possible. So you were, her, you, you think she should have referrals? That'd be cool. Or just ratings. She should have reviews think, yeah. from people that she slept with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find that to be so funny because there's this whole culture around men wanting women to be good at sex, but also wanting to have the notion that their woman is not a quote unquote hoe. So they don't mm-hmm. like the idea of knowing mm-hmm. any history or, or knowing that anyone is talking about ha- their history that they have with the mm-hmm. woman that they're currently sleeping with. So it's like, even if you're like, oh, she's good at sex, you do not want to hear from a, the person that she was previously having sex with how she learned these skills, if that she learned them from him, mm-hmm. if they just practiced together, blah, blah, blah. They don't want to hear that. But I then <laughs> they'd be like, but I'm just saying most men, no, like they're like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. And they almost look like they almost look at a girl a little sideways. If she is too good, then they're like, "Oh, she must be a hoe." You know, I'll I'll sleep with her, but you know, she ain't marriage material because she's too good at the sooks. And that's like that makes that's sense. why men are dumb. You know? Yeah, bro, she's too good at the sex, so you don't want to be waking up next to that every day. You don't. I'm sorry, you don't. And what part of your life do you <laughs> not want a professional? say it again for the people in the back I almost got too close to the mic I'm not supposed to in what part of your life do you not want a professional and she might actually sort of kind of like you and (laughs) might want to have your kids and you get the added bonus of definitely plug that part in for the little intro that you always do that's what I want to hear I just don't get like I just don't get it like why why wouldn't you want that that makes absolutely no sense. I mean, obviously, I mean, also, like, if you could teach a girl a couple of tricks or whatever the case is, then you know, go for it. But like, I don't know. I got like, if both of y'all like freaking amazing, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm not that I'm lazy, but like, 
I don't, I don't have to teach you anything. Like, why not? Like, why wouldn't I? Yeah. That's the reason why you get professionals. That is literally yeah. the reason. They are well trained. So you don't, you don't have, have to worry about, go after them. Like, you know, babe, next time maybe you can do no. They already know. <laughs> <laughs> they know how to throw it back and ride and do all this stuff. So I thought it was interesting. That's the reason why I sent it to you is because I guess I was I didn't get a chance it. to look at it, but now I'm definitely going to and maybe take the class and count it as a workout. <laughs> That's why I was wondering if you would ever take it because I think it's very, very interesting. I think it's, uh, which is why I think it, there should be some type of a rating system to see if she's actually knowing what she's doing. Because the only person, well, I guess you could have girls rate it too. Because if girls take the class and then mm-hmm. they go back to their mans and they like get on, yeah, my man loves it. This is the best, blah, 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 blah. It's done wonders for our sex life. All right, cool, bet. Yeah, she just needs reviews in general. It doesn't specifically have to be from the men. Exactly. I just just need something. (laughs) She's just going around, no, you need to do this. I'm like, all right, bro. Like, I mean, I guess. I didn't look at any of the videos, so I didn't like stalk her Instagram. So it could be possible that she maybe posted a video or something of like, hey, this is a tip or something. I didn't stalk her. So I guess she could probably do that and let me know. Um, Yeah. I'm not opposed to it. I don't know that I'd be able to put it immediately into practice. Um, But I feel like it'd at least be fun to to say, this was the experience I had in the class. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me show you what I learned at school, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot. Well, on that note... (laughs) (laughs) I think we will wind down this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, for all of our listeners, if you want to know where to find us, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Combos. You can also send us some letters, send us some feedback, you know, in our comments and our DMs, but also via email, CuzzleCombos at gmail.com. Please be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen so that you know you're dropping a new episode. Please engage if you listen on Spotify to our little polls and questions because we're trying to put stuff out there. See how you guys are feeling the episode. And even if you have like a suggestion for a moment in media, something we should be watching or a suggestion of something you'd like us to discuss on Descendant Discourse, let us know. This ends Kazo Convos. We thank you for joining our family, and we'll see you next time. Gang, gang.